Hey everybody, welcome back to Going for Two with Jack Taylor. My name is Jack Taylor. And my name is Hunter Two. And you are listening to our um, week three episode. Yeah, episode four of the season, but uh, for, for game number three, um, we are reviewing our game against Arizona last week out in the desert that didn't start till 10 p.m. Uh, local time, or no, Starkville time. Um, but Isn't we are the also same thing be- as local time? No, local time's where the game was played. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I know, my, I know terms. Uh, and then we're also going to be previewing our first SEC game of the year. We are super, super excited to get into um, the the games that really matter. Are even we? Though, I mean, this is this is when we find out if we're good or not. So I'd rather I'm not. I'm pretty, I like living in this in this area where everyone yeah. thinks that we're good, except for mm-hmm. AP voters. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's an odd time. Because usually, I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like Mississippi State's usually one of those teams that gets a little bit of respect like in the rankings. Like, if we win a couple of games, we're usually going to be... We're, we're going to find our way into the rankings, you know, anywhere from 20 to 25. Uh, and then we can usually do a pretty good job of finding our way out of the rankings pretty quickly. Yeah. But um, this year, I mean, it's, it's a little bit different. We got, we're kind of have to win some SEC games to get some respect from AP, but it's the college football playoff rankings that usually give us a lot of love and put us in the rankings with four losses. But uh, anyway, we're so excited to have you guys back here for another episode, and um, regardless of what Hunter says, we are excited to, to <laughs> head to Death Valley and, and, and face off against LSU. Um, but first, we want to tell you guys about a little bet that we have going on here at Going for Two. So every week... Uh, we do a pick'em of ten games across the college football world. Um, the last game always being the Mississippi State game of the week. So um, nine games, and then the game that we we preview and talk about. Um, and we haven't really had any consequences to that. We just kind of see what our record was, and that's it. Sometimes so, see what our record was. <laughs> yeah, if we're not good, we're not going to talk about it. But um, through two weeks, we're actually tied, and we thought, what better way to start off SEC play and to just put a little bit of um, incentive on all of this than to have a little friendly wager on it. So we are going to have a competition uh, through our pick'em where the loser at the end of the season, end of the regular season, so at the end of 12 games, uh, 12 weeks, we will, um, the loser will have to buy a hoodie that says transfer to the SIP, a bright red hoodie designed by probably Lane Kiffin himself. Um, <laughs> and designed to- by Juice. Yeah, that's right. So we have to buy, like, the loser has to personally buy that and wear it and have a picture posted on Instagram of you wearing it on their personal account. So um, the, the stakes are as high as they've ever been because the <laughs> stakes have never existed. Um, but super excited to have that going on to finally have a little bit of meaning to our pick Um And it's it's pretty pretty much a friendly wager. I mean, the, another part of the deal is that you cannot delete the picture. So the picture has to stay up there. You have to has to be clearly in the in the photo. So um, kind of excited to see where this goes, and uh, we will keep you guys updated each and every week of what our record is. Um, but uh, yeah, keep keeping um, keep listening to find out what, what's what's going on with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that was all my idea because I saw that and I saw the guy have a link to it, and I was like, wait. That'd be kind of funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. I, like, I was like, oh, wait, we're tied, I guess. So I guess we're basically starting with week zero right now. Yeah. It's a whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, yeah, pretty excited about that. Now let's get into our episode. That was that was 
that took place of my uh, my pregame speech that I that I usually give pregame quote whatever. Um, and uh, but now we're going to get into our episode and we're going to look back at some games from the past week that really caught our attention and the attention of everybody else in in college football. So um, first game we want to talk about was App State at Texas A and M. Hunter and I we both picked uh, Texas A and M to win this game because you know why not. Um, but tell us about what happened in this one. Yeah. Um, so you see the score, 17-14. Mm-hmm. That is not what this game was like. App State held the ball for like 40 minutes in this game. Mm-hmm. 40 out of 60 minutes, App State had the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas A&M's great defense, you know, the one we've heard about for, you know, multiple years now. Um, they lit up like multiple eight-minute drives. Yeah, which is it's nuts, and just App State insane. running down their throat. And, I mean, yeah. just take four or five yards every time, mm-hmm. and it it was just demoralizing for Texas A and M. And I think it was Texas A and M throughout this entire game had seven offensive snaps on App App State's side of the fifty. Oh my gosh! Which is nuts. Um, yeah. They get one of their they get one of their touchdowns off of a, a a chain a kick return touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that happened, I was like, okay, this game's changing. But then it didn't. So it was just wild to see. Yeah. I did see that, that through two games uh, for Texas A and M, they played Sam Houston State and they played App State. Now um, they have they are the nation's uh, most efficient red zone offense. Um, they've scored every time they've been to the red zone. How many times do you think they've been? I sent this to you. I know. <laughs> All right. If just just take me a little guess. If you if I gave you that lead up and you didn't know the answer, uh, you'd be like probably five, five or six. You'd probably be like, yeah, they won by like four thirty in the first week. Probably probably like four. Yeah, they've been to the red zone one time. You know what? That's that's all I'm gonna say about that. So, anything more on that game? Um, no, App State had 22 first downs, A&M had nine. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We really joke about Iowa's offense a lot for Texas A&M to be doing this against App State. Um, <laughs> but, right. but, you know. Yeah, um, A&M is going to get to bounce back this week playing, uh, Miami. Uh, in, is it in College Station? Yeah. I know we'll talk about that later, but yeah. So, not 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 just an easy easy uh, week after this game against App State either. So, anyway, next game we're going to talk about that happened last week was Marshall at Notre Dame, another massive upset. Um, Notre Dame coming off of a, a narrow loss to uh, Ohio, Ohio State. State, where it kind of seemed like okay, I mean, Ohio State's one of the best teams in the country. Of course, they're going to lose, but the fact that it was close was pretty um, pretty impressive. Then Marshall comes into South Bend and wins twenty six to twenty one. Uh, a pick six late kind of sealed it, made it a two-score game, and then you know Notre Dame scored the one touchdown to to bring it within five. But man, it was that was that was a wild one too. Yeah, that game like wasn't even close to on my radar. Like I never thought for a second about. I mean, didn't didn't think about it going on the pick'em or anything. So like not even close. And then uh, we did see right for that Marcus Freeman. Uh, who's their new new coach after Brian Kelly's exit? Is the first Notre Dame coach to go zero and three in his first three games. So uh, uh, he also Oklahoma. just converted to Catholicism. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Maybe touchdown Jesus will be with him now. Um, but Oklahoma State beat him in the bowl game, and then Ohio State and Marshall now. So 0-3 in those first three games. But maybe maybe there's a big switch that will help him. All right. All right. So the last game we have here is Alabama at Texas. And it was a game that I, I said on the podcast last week that this game will easily clear the um, the spread. It was, a, I think, a, was it a 20-point spread? I think it may have been 24. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. Um, Alabama wins 20-19. to 19 And just like the, the, the App State, um, Texas A&M game, I don't even think the score of this one tells you the whole story. No. Uh, I mean, there, there was blown calls on a I guess a safety that I mean I don't even know what all went on there I wasn't watching the game at that point so I'm just going to let you take over on this one too yeah so this game um it says a lo- people are kind of like trying to say like okay who does this say more about I think it say it says almost equal about both teams um it comes out Quinn Ewers looks fantastic mm-hmm. like he's dealing uh uh, he has a drop touchdown in the end zone. Uh, would have put them up seven early. Uh, actually, up four early. Mm-hmm. But uh, they dropped that. And then um, Alabama scores, brings it 10-3. to three, And then he drives down and scores again. No. Yeah, yeah. He drives down, scores. Uh, Brian Bijan Robinson scores. So it's mm-hmm. 10-10. Uh, they, they punt a few times. Um, and somewhere in there, Quinn Ewers gets hurt. Yeah. And... Um, then Hudson Card comes in. Um, he won the job from Casey Thompson late in the season last year. So he stayed and became the backup with Quinn Ewers. And Hudson Card, like, like he's okay. But then, you know, how things happen against Alabama. Um, he, he gets absolutely brutalized. And now you have basically your third string quarterback playing on one leg. Yeah. Which for Texas teams um, in the past year has worked well. Um, and this one looked like it was going to work well. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, Texas's defense was really, really good. They were, they were awesome. I mean, like, they were a, like a corner blitz connecting on Bryce Young away from winning the game. I yeah. Mean, and at the, in the last drive. Yeah. Um, one thing about Alabama, their wide receivers are not like how they usually are yeah like I mean, not, jameer gibbs a, was their best wide receiver um there's, he's there's a running back a, a jalen waddle john mechie jameson um, jameson williams just like just darting across the field like, I, I didn't i didn't I, see any of that i thing. don't i don't know which one of these guys is supposed to be that i've heard jacory brooks's name so i assume mm-hmm. he's pretty good but yeah uh, these these guys I mean, I think Jermaine Burton is the um, Georgia transfer. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's weird to see. Um, yeah. And I'm sure one of those guys will, will um, come out and be, be like one of those guys we've mentioned. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Just that seems like an identity that Alabama wide receivers have. Um, but as of right now, they don't have that. So they have a lot to prove. Um, and I don't and, know if this is... I don't know if this is like a sense uh, Bill O'Brien took over the offense, but Alabama has looked beatable in like multiple games. Like their Not offense the game that has we played them. The, yeah, yeah, we never catch those. Another yeah. thing, uh, Alabama committed how many penalties was it? 
It was like by far the most in the. Uh, I I'm I'd maybe dreaming this. I think I saw fifteen. It was fifteen for a hundred yards. Okay. And the refs were still on Alabama's side. Yeah. Like wild. Um, but all in all, I I like you said, it says an even amount about both teams. I do think that um, it's very, very justified for Texas to lose this game and still jump up into the rankings. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, they, they are very much deserving of that, strictly because of their defense. Um, and if Quinn Ewers uh, is able to come back here, and I mean, there's a clavicle injury. I don't know how serious that is, but I think they said three or four weeks. Yeah. Uh, if he comes back and, and he and he plays well, this, this Texas team could be fun. Well, we were about to see Quinn Ewers win the Heisman. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean <laughs> it could have been like a Joe Burrow type has been like, and I mean, he still could be with like how good he was when he was in the game. He could be like uh, Caleb Williams last year where like he came out of yeah. like halfway through the season and then you're like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, this guy's pretty sure. good. <laughs> yeah. So those are the, um, those are the three big games that we saw last week. We also saw Kentucky beat Florida in the, in the swamp. And then uh, BYU beat Baylor. That was at, at BYU, correct? Yeah. Okay. So those were two other big games. Um, not necessarily, you know, just crazy upsets, though. So that, we just wanted to mention those three um, uh, just notable games. I guess uh, Tennessee beat Pitt. That, that's, that was that, That's one. pretty notable. Yeah. That was at Pitt. That was too. gross. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't have to sit through that. Um now we're going to move on to our game against Arizona. So if you weren't able to stay up for uh, for the end of that one, and if you hadn't heard the result since then, we did win this game. It was thirty nine to seventeen. Um, so I, I'm very worried about you. This is how you find out the final score to games. But um, all right, I'm just going to tell you, we did not look clean again in this game. Um, I can't believe we haven't put two good halves of football together, Hunter. Starting to think it may just not happen. Alabama put two drives together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Turns out you don't have to play a perfect game to win football games. Also, but, um, you don't have to stomp out your opponent to win football games. I've heard all you have to do is score more points than them. Yeah, and we covered. We doubled the cover, so I think we're fine. We're two and zero against um, the spread. Yeah, I will Alabama say. can't say that. I will say in this game, um, we we did have several opportunity or several moments where we we tried to give Arizona opportunities. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, we will had one interception that wasn't his fault, but nonetheless, it's an interception. We had a fumble by Jameer Calvin. We had a fumble by uh, Dequavius Marks, and all three of those uh, could have gotten Arizona back into it, but they just refused to score touchdowns off of our turnovers. Um, and I'm just going to tell you. Uh, MSU teams, like MSU defenses, and I guess I'll put it on the defense, but like they would have folded in years past. Yeah. In these past two years. Like I, I look at the Memphis game last year where we were clearly the better team, but we just kept on and kept on and kept on giving them opportunities. And every time we went for it on fourth down and didn't get it or turned the ball over, they scored. I mean, they would drive, drove down the field 98 yards on one drive to score a touchdown to get back into it. And then we fumbled and got a scoop and score. This is all in the Memphis game last year. But in this Arizona game, it's a combination, I know, of Arizona not being very good. But I know And Jaden Delora being my best friend. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't think the Memphis team from last year was, was an excellent team either. Um, like, our team just got down when we turned the ball over, when we, we didn't score or something like that. And 
the, our defense just kind of took the offense's emotion, and they were also down. Defense stepped up huge in this game and would get turnovers of their own or just get stops and hold them to field goals. Um, and it was it was a lot of fun to watch. So mm-hmm. uh, this this team is just more veteran. We just have way more veterans than we have in the past few years. And, and those experiences, like again in the Memphis game last year, have molded this team to to be a team that can handle adversity a little bit more. So um, some things that did jump out to me is that when we got to the red zone, we did score. Um, again, we ran the ball, and oh my gosh! Surely we got seven game. points when we scored, right? Right. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um, we ran the ball, and early on, especially, um, Arizona could not touch our running game. No, I mean, not at they, all. We ran the ball all over them. Dylan Johnson had a, had a really, really fun game. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I said it once. I'll say it again. We, we gave them momentum time and time again, and they just couldn't take it. I remember at the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, their, their crowd was getting back into it, and uh, it just seemed like I've kind of seen this this movie before. Like Mississippi State's just about to give this game away, and I think they made it a, a, a one-score game, if I'm not mistaken, and we were just able to come back, slam the door, and, and win this game by 22. Mm-hmm. So it was – I was really impressed, and I it, it's it's fun to, to double the cover of, or double the spread of a game and and not even not even play clean football. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's way different from from years past mm-hmm. uh, with with like how I've watched this team. Um, most of the time, um, the issues they come and they compound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like one thing goes wrong, then the next thing, and then we have the penalty. Then we're on the third and twenty eight or something yeah. like that and that that really doesn't seem to happen much this year at least it hasn't started where people are you know compounding the issues um yeah and that's been really good to see like yeah, i mean i mean I, that's I what's think, been killing us i think in 2020 we saw kj costello start this season and anytime he would make a mistake it was like it was going to be followed by more mistakes from him more mistakes from the offensive line um kind of a hitting a miss defense. I mean, it, it's just not good. Last yeah. year, we, got, we saw kind of some of the same. I mean, Will is a little bit more comfortable, a lot better of a leader, but still, I, I could see him getting down on himself every time he made a mistake. And you look mm-hmm. at that Bama, that Bama game. I mean, like, he started out really, really good in that first drive, and then as soon as he threw that first interception, it was like, it was all out the window. Yeah. Now, he has become just a much better leader. I mean, very, very positive on the sidelines, on the field. He seems to have a really good... Uh, um, relationship with the offensive line and receivers and he's just the guy and he just looks really really comfortable uh in a system that i mean i guess he's been in since he was a freshman in high school but yeah. um it's kind of weird how that works but man it, i'm a i'm a big believer in will if not for his like ability to throw definitely for his leadership i really like it yeah um yeah yeah it's honestly pretty awesome mm-hmm. uh yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to say I enjoyed this game, but um, through combination of us uh, trying to let them have, you know, some 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 part in the game, and it being like one a.m. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I drank coffee at like twelve a.m. So like my heart rate was Did like really? wild in this game. <laughs> like I don't drink coffee, and that no. was I went and got like a large coffee from McDonald's. <laughs> Gosh, I had to stay up. Mm-hmm. 
but got to but yeah yeah uh, other other than than that part of the game i mean i thoroughly enjoyed this yeah like the, there was um, times i was like wow football is the easiest sport ever and 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 then i'd get to watch Jaden dolora run around and in the backfield for around 40 seconds and then throw an interception yeah like oh he's about to do something big the something big in question was throwing a, an interception 50 yards dude, down he woke field. up feeling dangerous going against mike leach <laughs> um yeah yeah he, he was he was there to prove something to mike leach i think mike leach made the right decision mike leach made a business decision yeah okay um some th- more things that happen on the offense. So, uh, 10 receivers caught passes. We had two guys catch t- uh, touchdowns. Uh, Austin Williams is back. He had five receptions, 31 yards, and two of the touchdowns. Dude, he's uh, such a hard worker. Such, I mean, he's such a blue-collar guy. He's, he's just a high-motor guy. Real lunch pail fella. First Brings in, last Had to work every day. Type um, of guy you'd like then, to marry your daughter. <laughs> And then there's Caleb Ducking, who had um, seven receptions for 56 yards and two touchdowns and a really, really good uh, celebration that I hope we see more of throughout the uh, They're doing some duck celebration that I may be too old to understand. Uh, ducking caught the ball. and uh... Oh, I think it's a duck waddles. <laughs> Gosh, I, I hated those announcers the other day, bro. <laughs> I, I oh. wish it wasn't us playing because it would have been hilarious. Like watching mm-hmm. like Arkansas play. <laughs> then I'm talking about like KJ Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> Well, um offense I mean looked looked great. Other than the, the ducking um the ducking had a ball that just bounced off his hands. It was a perfect pass from Will, bounced off his hands and that was the one interception that they had today. But he looked great. Uh I mean he he's becoming our, our one of our big targets in the end zone. I think Ra Ra Thomas is still had the guy that had the most re- uh, receiving yards the other day. Yeah. I think he had sixty one. Sixty three. Sixty three. Okay. Um but yeah, everybody looked good. Just the two guys catching touchdown passes though with both of those Austin Williams and Caleb Duckin catching multiple um but yeah, I, I thought I thought the receivers looked great again, and it was good to see Austin Williams kind of kind of return to not not just having one catch for five yards or something like that, but he made it he made an impact, and um, I'm glad to have a guy like that on the team for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, the couple things that we did uh, see that were wrong, I think, were just the two missed extra points. Really, uh, Massimo Biscardi, uh, man, that was that was brutal to watch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to this game on the radio coming back from coming back from Laurel and it's I mean it's it's sad on on TV when you watch your your kicker miss an extra point but when you have to hear it on the radio and you're like wait what you just kind of have to imagine what it looked like Dude he missed left on the first one like not that bad and then missed farther left on the second one <laughs> And there like wasn't much time between it like usually, it's like an overcompensation. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'd take if he if he doinked it off the right upright. Yeah, but he missed missing left, left and then left. How do you miss left and then lefter? Um, oh gosh. So, uh, luckily, Mike Leach learned from last year not to just send him back out there for a third kick. And Ben Raybon uh, came out and he had a pretty good game. Two, uh, wait, he had three extra points after that and two field goals. His longest one was thirty nine. Um, and then he was also our um, place kicker, and he hit 
eight all eight kickoffs to the back of the end zone. So he kicked them um, out of like didn't even land in the end zone. It was just yeah. gone. <laughs> and you know, if if they had landed like two or three yards deep, you might get to count that to like the thin air in Arizona or something like that. I don't really know how that works. Dude, they were but, nuked. But they were killed. And I'm I'm really, really glad that uh, we have him out there. Is he is he left footed? I have no clue. Okay. On the broadcast um, they they didn't say that it changed that we changed kickers until like four minutes later. Right. Gotcha. I was I like, yeah, I love Italians. I was but, like, never, um, never mind. <laughs> okay, I did see Massimo. He's a transfer from Coastal Carolina. Massimo Biscardi is, and he missed two extra points all of last year. And so somebody was like, all right, we're good. He's he's missed all of them for the SEC year. So kickers, am I right? That's right. Um, but yeah, uh, only other thing I wanted to touch on in this game um, was the run defense. Uh, run defense was incredible. So after the first drive, I saw that we gave up um, one yard on 20 carries. So that's fun. Um, ah, I mean, yeah, I, I think I heard that from uh, Thunder and Lightning. So thank you, Robbie and, and Haydad, for that stat. But yeah, one yard on 20 carries after the first drive. Um, the first drive did kind of scare me. It looked like they were just going to have their way with us the whole game. But um, I think, you know, you can tell a lot about a team, but if their first drive looks good and their first drive looked great after that, not really anything, not really much of anything. Yeah. Um, we kind of figured out Jaden Delar pretty quick and, and that running game too. So um, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Did enjoy. Did enjoy. Yeah. And a little bit more on our defense. We also uh, tied the turnover battle 3-3. Three to three. Uh, talked about the three uh, turnovers that we had on offense, but the three that we forced defensively were all interceptions, one for Forbes, one for Jalen Green, and one for Watson. Um, can can people yeah. stop being upset at Watson for not scoring on that pick? Yeah, like if Jet Johnson caught that ball and <laughs> turned around to see if somebody was about to tackle him, I, I want you to act that, like you're the comment section. Wow, what a high IQ play from Jet Johnson. You know, he he wasn't going to fumble that ball. That's just that high IQ from a guy like Jet. I'm glad he's keeping his head on a swivel. Yeah, you know, two hands on the ball. High and tight. And if we didn't have, Nathan, or didn't have Nathaniel Watson get tackled on that play, we wouldn't have seen Will Rogers just absolutely put him on the table. Um <laughs> And on the goal line to, to Austin Williams. Uh, on fourth down and like two or three, uh, just fourth and goal, it looked like we were about to just um, not not have a play run. We were just going to try to draw them off sides and then probably kick a field goal or something. Um, well, Will Rogers was just looking over at the sideline, you know, looking like he was about to do exactly what I just said. And then all of a sudden he just runs up to the O-line, drops back into shotgun, and then just runs a play. Like With a, like – it, this all started with like five seconds on the play. It was clock. one of the, it was one of those trademark Will Rogers, just like the ball touches his hands and he's already throwing it. Yeah. Um, to Austin Williams and it was perfect. And I don't know how teams can't just know that that's about to happen, but um, it came out after the game that that was all Will Rogers' idea. I mean, that was completely called by him, and I love it so much. I love Will. Um, Remember what I did so, in 2020? Yeah. I was I like. Mean, you know, we didn't I don't really have much reason to. I don't. I don't think he's that great. Like, is he but, that much better than KJ? <laughs> and, and it's and it's that right there. Just the, the the willingness and the ability to just kind of 
roll the dice and and you trust yourself you trust your receivers you trust your offense to not um, like you're running a play that quickly that haphazardly and, and you're trusting everybody to do exactly what they're supposed to do not uh, false start or anything like that and it worked perfectly so really really proud to have that guy as our as our quarterback but uh as far as I as I'm concerned, we don't have anything else for the Arizona game. Uh, actually, actually, I do have one thing. Ooh, okay. Um okay. talking about the Jameer Calvin where he got stripped. Uh, yeah. I did think it was fun on the message board when people were like, "He's just not strong enough for SEC football." I was like, "Bro, that was that was Pac-12." Full, also, and, Pac-12 and it was full force. Like that that guy just had his whole arm wrapped around the football. Like it was a perfect play by the defender. Also, but um, but but it was the Pac-12 and and guess where Jameer Calvin came from? I actually don't know where he came from. Oh, Washington, Washington State, State in the okay, Pac-12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was just fun seeing the message board just be like he isn't strong enough for SEC football as we're playing Pac-12 game. Yeah. It was, it was a good time. Uh, they had a weird crowd. Uh, crowd shots were strange. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's 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 all I got. No. Right. Well, now we're going to be moving into our LSU preview. Um, and Hunter, you took the bulk of this on the script, so um, I will interject here when I have some stuff. But I'm going to let you let you take it from here. Okay. So first of all, I do not like being favored. At LSU, um, I've never experienced this. I don't know what to do with my hands, um, and it's not like we're just like favored by like 0.5. It's two and a half. And Tiger Stadium is worth three points. Like I think that's like the typical betting thing. So yeah. if it was neutral site. That's that's five and a half points, correct? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's... I think I, I think I did see it on Twitter. It was the first time that we've been favored at LSU since, like, maybe 2000. 2000. It was 2000 that I saw, but people also couldn't find the line. They were just going to, yeah. you know, say it was good or whatever. And um, I think that was a very controversial game where LSU fumbled, but didn't fumble. Not going to lie, I don't remember it. Don't, not going to lie. That was, that was the first time we ever played LSU in my lifetime, so... Who yes, knows? uh... Fun thing about this game, our boy Jaden Daniels is finally playing against Mississippi State. Uh, Mm -hmm. For about two seasons, we have been putting Arizona State on our pick'em because I like Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Uh, I saw him when he was a freshman, like, I think it was like beat Oregon or something to like mess up the Pac-12. I enjoyed that, and uh, I kept with him. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's fun to see a little crossover episode. Yeah, that's uh, exactly what this is. Yeah. So, Jaden Daniels, I guess we'll go over him first. He is first yep. in the country from quarterbacks in run grade, first in yards after contact per attempt, first in runs of 10 yards plus, first in scramble yards, uh, and in the country is seventh in adjusted completion percentage at 86.4. That leads the SEC. Uh, ninth in NFL passer rating, 133, which is first in the SEC. But I would like to also say, um, after the Florida State game, it would be very hard to find an LSU fan that wanted Jaden to keep the job. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I, I don't really understand how that changed so fast. I mean, I guess Nuss got in against Southern University and threw like two picks or something. But yeah. I don't know how, oh, the backup isn't good changes into, wow, Jaden's our guy, you know? Like, yeah. Like, I if mean, you thought he sucked, he pro- he still sucks. Yeah. Like, like, the backup sucking doesn't really change that. And going I mean, like him, him, 14 for 15 in, against Southern. In their game against Southern, they were up 37 to 0 as they went into the second quarter, which, if you think you just misheard me, you didn't. 37 to 0 after the first quarter. Didn't Southern um, fumble the first uh, kickoff? Yeah. And then I think threw a pick six and another interception in that quarter. Um, so, yeah, so he played, I think, the first quarter and then the first possession of the second quarter and then didn't touch the field after that. So uh, if you're if you're looking at his stats for this game, uh, they're not going to jump off the page like, like they should against a team like Southern, but he really was not needed. And um, for an LSU team that wasn't really sure who their quarterback would should be, would be, um, I think it was good for them to find an opportunity, for Brian Kelly to find that opportunity to put another guy in, and he threw two interceptions. So um, looks like Jaden Daniels is, is going to be their guy, at least for the time being, and he definitely will be on Saturday. Um, so, Yeah. Um, a few other points for this one. Uh, John Emery is back. Uh, he didn't play at all last year. Um, he's been there since 2019. Uh, LSU fans talk about him like he's really good. Uh, I personally have not seen that, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I don't really know what to say about that. Like yeah. your career high is like 101, and it's against Vandy in 2020, so um, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, he is Dude, a national champion, I, uh, so we have to give him that, right? So I just had my ESPN page, and it started blasting a Dancing with the Stars ad in my ears, and I thought that the world was ending. <laughs> so if you said anything in the past five seconds, I was frantically muting that. I said, I said well, John Emery is a national champion, so you have to add that to his resume. Mm-hmm. We have to refer to him as national champion John Emery. Right? You know who we don't have to um, have that prefix with? Uh, Brian Kelly. <laughs> You're uh, right. Yeah. Uh, I think he's like nine wins ahead of uh, Nick Saban in career wins for an active head coach. Mm-hmm. So so, um, so next season... Um, Nick, Nick Saban will pass him. Um, yeah, his this, first I SEC mean, game. We we can definitely say LSU's on pace to go six and six, and Bama's on pace to go twelve and zero. So fourteen and zero. Well, I'm just talking regular season. I mean, they haven't lost. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, Brian Kelly, first SEC game. Yeah. Um. He had it's he had a little bit of an introduction to kind of LSU last week, uh, mm-hmm. with that first home true first true home game. But it's going to be different for the SEC game. Uh, yeah. Last week was kind of a kumbaya game for uh, Baton Rouge. Uh, you get the two universities there. The bands all do stuff together. It was honestly awesome. I've been yeah, watching the videos funny. all week just because those are like two of my favorite like school bands. It was mm-hmm. pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, so for Brian Kelly and his family, um, 
yeah, it's it's probably going to be a really big weekend for them. Um, but just like, like you were saying, just getting that first true like Death Valley experience uh, as the head coach would be pretty awesome. But I hope we can put a damper on it and make it pretty quiet, um, much like we did in 2014. So um, another big name that we did see in the first game for LSU against Florida State, and we talked about it a little bit last week, Malik Neighbors, who um, was the Mississippi State commit, who had like the maroon tie, Mississippi State uh, cake and everything on his table in his school gym, um, and then gets the call from LSU. And now he's an LSU Tiger. Yeah. He's um, their leading receiver. Mm-hmm. So that's that's fun. Um, yeah. He's also their, their leader in muffed punts um, with two of those, which how do you do that twice in one game? Don't want to know. Jack, I would, I would like to know um, on your integrity here. Um, say you are in Malik Neighbors' position mm-hmm. and a team coming off of winning a national championship calls you. Oh, dude, I absolutely do not blame him. I'm just saying. <laughs> not at all. Like, I don't <laughs> understand the people that are, like, like absolutely hating on the move. I understand. I, I understand that people are upset. Like, it's a commitment. You need to keep your word. But, like, if he had known that LSU was going to offer him the whole time, I promise you he wouldn't commit to Mississippi State. Guarantee you that. Like, yeah. the fact, like, everybody's committed somewhere until the freaking best team of all time you know, try, is trying to reload and they want you to be a part of it. Um, yeah, I don't blame Malik at all. <laughs> yeah. The, the the people really going after him for that are a little weird in my book. Um, like, you just kind of have to take in the context like, of it. We're Mississippi yeah. State. That's LSU. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I completely understand the move. Um, I, I, I guess I get the whole, like I said, the, the whole, like, commit wherever you're, stay where, stay committed wherever you're committed, whatever. It's just a, a different circumstance for... We, for we should we should never uh, recruit anyone that has a commitment then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, those same people will also celebrate... When, when we, we flip we, someone. When we flip a Ole Miss commit or LSU oh, yeah. commit or something like that. So, Last second okay. blindside. Yeah. Merry Flipmas. Ooh, okay. maybe that should be the shirt. No. <laughs> Actually, the loser gets to choose. Oh, God. Winner, no, winner, winner gets, gets to choose. choose. Winner gets to choose. It will be around Christmas time, so that, that would be fun. All right, what else you got on this LSU game? Um, Keishon Boutte seems to like football again. Ooh. Um, so so he's, he's another one of the LSU wide receivers. Uh, I think he was a preseason All-American. Um, yeah, he's one of those guys. Like he, he does that football. He he, he does that football. Uh, yeah, uh, Butte is really good. He torched us last year, I believe. Uh, I think yeah. he had two big touchdowns against us. One was stupidly wide open. I still don't understand how that happened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, they 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 have a good wide receiver core. Um. Mm-hmm. Other than that, um, I've I've been told, been I've heard that their offensive line is really young. Um, I'm not really sure if that matters. If they look shaky against Florida State, it's yeah. week one. Yeah, completely understand that. Yeah, uh, their D line. I have no clue what to think about them, 
one thing I do know is that their defensive backs are not good. Yeah. Um, the DBU, DBU does not have any um, any up-and-coming names this year that I, that I can tell. They, they will probably all be prime Derek Stingley um, this weekend. But yeah. as of right now, we don't know m- much about any of them. Yeah. Um, their best defensive back from last year is currently playing corner for Alabama, Eli Ricks. Um, yeah. LSU's team coverage game, team coverage grade, is one of the 15 lowest in the Power Five this season. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't seem good going against the team with the highest pass rate in the country. Yeah. But, you know, they'll probably look like the 85 Bears. You, you sure do know football, Hunter. <laughs> Man, I'm good at football. Um, you had a great game tonight. Yeah. Yeah, played played really well. Um, another thing, uh, it's just been weird on Twitter when mm-hmm. just being able to see people talk about Mississippi State, and there there's there's just LSU fans. They're like, yeah, this. This high tem- tempo offense is going to be a problem for us, uh, but I think we'll be able to neutralize it um, by just milking the play clock. And I'm like, okay, well we're we're not high tempo. We have the second like highest like percent of the game that we control. Why did I just time of possession? Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. <laughs> it's late. I think everyone. we should start calling it the percent of the time, time that we, we have control. the ball. Mm-hmm. Otherwise known as time of possession. And then some reporter asked Brian Kelly about our high-tempo offense. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I was just very confused. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all I got for this for this game, really, until we get to right. our picks. May have a little bit more. But um, I think Jaden's going to be good. Um, got to watch for him running. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a little bit different than anything that we've played in the Arnett era. Uh, closest comp would be Mike Wright at Vanderbilt, I guess. Like just yeah. like flat out speed guy. I mean, you can't compare him to a KJ Jefferson where KJ's just gonna get his yards, and we've never played a fully healthy Matt Corral. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it it might be one of those games where we just have to put up with you know, ten, fifteen, twenty yard runs here and there. Uh, and just kind of limit them when we can. I know that kind of sounds self-explanatory, but that that also means we're going to have to understand we're going to be frustrated at times you know, while, while Jaden Daniels is on the field because we're not going to be able to stop him every time. Mm-hmm. He's going to find the edge, or he's going to find some, some break in our D-line, uh, step up in the pocket, and just run forward. Um, we've thought about, or I, I've thought about personally, like it's one of those guys you kind of have to spy, you know, put – put somebody in the middle of the field, just eyes locked on him. But when I think about it, I'm not really sure if we have anybody fast enough in our linebacking core to do it. Um, Jet Johnson. And, Jet Johnson's and, a high motor guy. He'd be able to handle it. You know, he's mo- he's the most sure tackling guy on the team. You'd think, right? And then uh, Watson, I'd, I mean, he's kind of the same same build as, as Jet. Probably just the same amount of speed, motor. too. What? Just doesn't have that first in, last out mentality. He doesn't wear a hard hat to work every day. He just never helmet. mind. <laughs> Stop. Okay, so 
I'm not sure who that would be or if we're going to even do that. I'm not sure if that works for the 335. I don't know. It does. About it does. Defense. It's just the personnel that okay. would be the issue. Anyway, that's going to do it for our LSU uh, re- preview until we make our picks here in a little bit. But we're going to go through our picks for the week, and I want to give a big shout-out to Courtney Purvis for giving a very, very unexpected and unprecedented 8-2 and two, uh, in last week's pick so congratulations. And there. one of those misses was Texas A&M, so... <laughs> like, what did she miss? <laughs> So what? she only she only missed like one like reasonable pick. Oh, she missed Vanderbilt. She picked them to beat Wake Forest. <laughs> so she had the polar opposites. Like, yeah. nice, nice, Courtney. Yeah. All right. So game number one, and I guess we'll rapid fire this like we did last week, unless we have something special to say about the game. But number one, Georgia at South Carolina. Uh, Georgia. Georgia. All right. Next we got Purdue at Syracuse. Syracuse. And just so y'all know, just so me and Hunter know um, that we're not cheating and like picking based on what the other one picks, we submitted these picks beforehand, which is something we've never done. So um, we are, we're not cheating on our pick them, pick them bet. So number two, the game number two, Purdue at Syracuse. You picked Syracuse, I picked Purdue. Yeah. Um, game number three, number 20, Ole Miss at Georgia Tech. I think this Ole game Miss. could be close, but picking Ole Miss. Picked Ole Miss as well. So, uh, same on that one. Game number four is number 12, BYU, at number 25, Oregon. Um, I may be wrong about this one because this is technically Bo Nix at home, but mm-hmm. I'm taking BYU here. I have them in my playoffs. Okay. I'm going to take BYU here as well. Um, Oregon has a whole lot to prove here. Um, being without Mario Cristobal for, I guess, this is their third game without him, mm-hmm. uh, and they just have not looked good this season. So They looked good last week. Bo Nix at home is different. <laughs> All right, I'm still going BYU. I don't care. Uh, game number five, we have number 22, Penn State at Auburn. I've really uh, enjoyed this home-and-home. Home. Uh, can't wait yeah. to see this, this year's rendition of it. I uh, wish it was Bo Nix, but it's not uh, picking Penn State. I'm going to Penn State as well. Um, don't have don't have much of a reason there. I just don't think Auburn's really good. I think they kind of stink. Um, game number six is Texas Tech at number sixteen, NC State. NC State. Yeah, you know, Texas Tech coming off of a of a um, huge win for their program against Houston. They stormed the field after that one. If you for those of you taking notes, um, which means that if you get a lot of <laughs> A lot of uh, fans to, to agree to something. You can storm the field after any game that you want to. Um, Let's storm the um, field this week. That'd be a great idea. All right, I'm going to NC State as well. Yeah. Um, game number seven is eleven. Number eleven, uh, Michigan State at Washington. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going Washington here. Uh, okay. I know, I know they weren't good like last year. Uh, but they got Fresno State's head coach, and they're mm-hmm. honestly looking pretty good. So, give me Washington. Yeah, these teams from Washington are beating Big Ten teams here recently. Washington State beat Wisconsin, I think it was last week. Yeah. Um, and I just think that Michigan State's coming to put a stop to that. So, um, taking uh, taking the, the heavy underdog, number 11, <laughs> Michigan State. Um, game number eight, we've got number 13, Miami, at number 24, how are they still ranked? 
Texas A&M. Yeah. And as much as I would like <coughs> Miami to win this game, uh, A&M's blowing them out in this game. Max Johnson's yeah. getting the start. Um, they're going to come out. Uh, A&M's not dead. They have the ability to get really, really dead really, really, really quickly. But yeah. I don't think it's happening right here. No, but if they lose though. this, they are looking at five straight losses in the face. I mean, last year, Texas A&M had every right to be dead after losing to Mississippi State, and they just completely went the opposite way and beat Bama. So, um, and I'm then not lost saying the whole mess. And then lost the whole mess, yeah. I'm not saying that Miami and is Bama, but in this situation, Jimbo has a, has a way of just out-coaching for his life, um, and he'll do it here. He's going to get Miami. a contract extension after this one. Randomly. Um, all right, so we're both going A&M there. Um, game number nine, Fresno State at number seven, USC. Catch your pick on this one. Give me the three letters, USC. What you got? Um, I think this game is going to be more interesting than people are making it out to be. Uh, I get to watch Jake Hayner run around at midnight. Um, yeah, but I'm still picking USC. Uh, I think that right now USC is one of the teams that kind of looks like a lock for the playoffs with mm. just the amount of star power that they have. I mean, they went out there and just didn't even like play with Stanford. Like, yeah. It was 41-28, but uh, I don't think at any point they were sweating that one. And mm. Caleb Williams is leading the Heisman race, and it's just, it's just good times for USC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I agree. I'm taking them, taking them as well. So, finally, America's game of the week, game number ten, Mississippi State at LSU. Um, it's a night game in Death Valley, five p.m. And that's exactly what time the Mississippi State LSU game started in Death Valley in 2014. The one that broke me. Coincidence? Probably so. Um, it's probably just what time night games start in Death Valley on ESPN. But anyway, what's your pick here? Uh, give me Mississippi State. Um, I've looked at all the stuff. The only reason I wouldn't pick Mississippi State is if like LSU was one of those teams that we were scared of. And in previous years, I don't think they are. No. Um, I mean, you talked to this week about this Mississippi State team and um, – you know, it, it's been the same team for the last three years. I mean, we've hardly – we were seeing the same guys, but just two years older than the, the last team that was there, um, minus the, the guy that's through for 623. Austin yards. Williams is the only receiver on this team that caught a pass in that game. Well, there you go. Um, but this, this uh, team, I re- I'm really not sure that we've seen them in just a, an extremely hostile environment. Um I mean, last year, Auburn, we saw them A&M. at A and M, at Auburn. Um, uh, I don't really know. Like, I guess those those were the, those were the two, and and we were able to win both of those games. Um, I'm excited to see them in a true hostile environment. I mean, we had we played in in Death Valley in 2020 in a day game with COVID. You know, oh yeah, we capacity. also we also played at Arkansas and had no problems yeah. other than kicking. Um, I mean, me and you, we just talked about, I mean, we hadn't seen this team just buckle and under a, just a 
heavily favored or a heavy, just crazy crowd. And um, I don't expect him to do that this weekend. Yeah. LSU is, is it's not the 2019 team. Um, and I don't think that we're scared by a name on the jersey um, unless it's Bama. Pretty much scared of that one. Um, so um, I'm also going to go Mississippi State. And my score prediction, since we're doing that, um, this won't mean anything for the pick I don't guess, unless a tiebreaker comes out. But <laughs> we I'm gonna go, go through 30, each week. <laughs> I'm going to go 31 to 17. Okay. Um, I'm still going to ride with my offense. Uh, 41-29. 41-29? I yeah. like it. I think, I think we see Mississippi State more like in a game, not like LSU's like like two two scores away but i think that like we'll be like in a game with them like you have to go score right here so will's gonna put up like stupid numbers um yeah or we're actually gonna like have to go score like not mm-hmm. just like okay let's eat up a bunch of clock right here so yeah uh, that's why both scores are high on that one all right i like it all right offensive player of the week I think I'm going to go. I don't know. Doing offensive player of the week when you're an air raid offense is so weird. Because it's like. What do you pick the right guy? (laughs) All of these guys are going to put up similar stat lines, but one of them is going to have like three touchdowns and one of them is going to have zero. Um, I'm going to go. I think I did him week one, but I'm going to go Jaden Wally in this one. Okay. Um. Give me Dylan Johnson. Okay. I hope LSU can't tackle out wide. That is all. I like it. Um, uh, defensive player of the week. Should I do it again? You said that you weren't. I wouldn't mess with the... So I, I don't do him again? I wouldn't do it again. You said that you wouldn't do it again if he did the thing, and he did the thing. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Marcus Banks. Okay. Just to, I don't know why he why 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 he'll be in the game, but he's gonna do something brazy. Okay, cool. Um, I think I may have picked him last week, but give me was it no? Did I pick him last week? I don't know. Uh, but give me Jalen Green. Uh, he's okay. actually 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 let me change that. Let me change that. Let me change that. Um. Which one's the guy that comes off the edge? The West Virginia transfer? Ooh, I don't know. Dude, why did I forget his name? Um, yeah, uh, I think we're going to blitz a lot. And I, th- I think getting home uh, will be very important in this game. Mm-hmm. Dude, why did I forget his name? Jackie Matthews, I believe. There you go. I like it. While you're confirming that, I'll move on to our Instagram questions. Uh, which is our absolutely favorite part of the year. Yeah, our Jackie favorite Matthews. part of the episode. Let's go. Favorite part of the episode: Instagram questions, and we thank you guys so much for sending those in today. Um, didn't get too many, so we're gonna run through these pretty quick, rapid fire. And we're gonna start with um, baseball. James, eleven. Um, are you worried about Butte and LSU getting John Emery back? No, it's not gonna hurt me. I hate you so much. It did put a question mark on it, so is it really a question? I'm not really sure about that one. Um, 
Butte, we had a great game against us last year, like we said, and Emory has all the qualifications. Or, I mean, has all the everything to be to be a guy that kills us on Saturday. But he hasn't proven that he could do that. So I'm not going to be worried about him until he runs for 100 in the first half. Mm-hmm. Is that all you got? Yeah, yeah, pretty much on that one. Luke Meyer, uh, one, two, three, four, asks, does Will Rogers rush for over 100 yards on Saturday? Give me just an emphatic answer on this one. No. Nope. All right. Thank you, Luke. Now, next question comes from Brooks Taylor. Have your season projections changed after these first three, after these first weeks? Um, no, but the range has changed. Um, yeah. I used to think that we could go like six and six to like nine and three. Um, mm-hmm. Now that's bumped up to like seven and four to ten and two. Yeah, I um, my like how I feel about state's team has not changed. How I feel about other teams has. A and M looks severely more beatable than I thought they would. Even though I, I always like our chances against A and M, it just looks way more possible now. Um, same thing with LSU. I, when I look at them on a schedule every single year, I get a little bit more worried. Uh, I get a little bit worried, and then this year, it, it just hadn't, hadn't jumped off the page to me. Um, same thing with Kentucky. I mean, they, they've looked beatable, and they've looked really good. So, I don't know. Same thing with you. My range has changed, but it's not really because of what we've looked like. It's because of what other teams have done. Uh, next question is also from Brooks. Uh, running the ball again, um, is it a welcome change of pace for you? Uh, I mean, whatever works. Yeah. I think Mike Leach is, is definitely not doing like a 50-50 split just for the heck of it, just to please fans. He's like, if a team can't stop it, why the heck would we not just keep on running? Uh, which is what he did with Arizona until they kind of figured it out, and then we just started passing and then ran a little bit more. So um, I, I I don't think Leach's adaptation has become like um, we have to run the ball this percentage of the time. It's like he's not just dead set on passing every time now. Is that fair? Uh, I mean, it's Will calling the plays, so. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> um now we got last question here from Nathan Taylor. Which MSU player is most likely to replicate the Dak stiff arm from 2014? I'll probably say Will Rogers on a 99-yard run, uh, which mm-hmm. is his only run of the game. He ends at 99 yards after no, that he'll one. He'll end at like his 70 because he's going to get sacked five times. Not nah, all sacked for zero yards. Yeah, I've been meaning to ask this year. What's the difference in a zero-yard sack? No, 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 no. Re- rephrase that. <laughs> what's the What's the line? Where Who Where's the line drawn between a zero-yard sack and a zero-yard run? <laughs> the line of scrimmage <laughs> gets me every time. All right. Um, I don't know on that one. I guess a running back, uh, Dylan Johnson. Honestly, Wally. Yeah, randomly. Just Wally strength. Disrespecting a guy. What if Caleb Ducking was just waddling around and just stiff-armed a guy? That'd be silly. I don't think that'll happen. Probably not. Probably get a 15-yard penalty for that. 
Zach Arnett would be mad. All right. Well, that is all of our Instagram questions for today. Thank you to everybody. There is one demand in there. Drop the pod from Plebeian Monk. Okay. We will. Just be patient, bro. All right. That's going to be it for the episode today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for sending in Instagram questions. And thank you so much for just being interactive and um, interacting with our social media. Uh, It means a lot to us. And uh, you guys are the reason that we do this. So we want to do exactly what you guys um, want us to do on on the podcast. We want this to be interactive. And we want you all to to give us ideas anytime that you have them. Just shoot us a DM and we will be sure to to at least consider the idea. It may be a stupid idea. So we'll at least roast um, you. We'll, we'll at least mention you on the podcast and say you had a terrible idea. Anyway, uh, that's all that we have tonight and we are super excited for another weekend of Mississippi State football. We will see you back here next week on Going for Two with Jack Taylor. I think we should switch into an ASMR channel. Like just... I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. I know it was really stupid in hindsight. What? In elementary school, our school supplies list made us get book covers. Why?